Assalamu alaikum. Today, my guest on Progeny podcast is Muhammad Radha Hamid. Uh, I've known Muhammad for a very long time, alhamdulillah. I uh, had the honor of working uh, alongside Muhammad for a short while. Uh, Muhammad was one of the founders of CYC, the first uh, youth groups uh, for the Iraqi community uh, in northwest London. He was also part of Ahl um, Bay uh, TV at the start. And there's so much that Muhammad has been involved to. Inshallah, we'll, we'll get to that. Muhammad, thank you for joining us. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for inviting me. Honored to be invited on your podcast. Um, I want to start by because you, we grew up uh, around the same time in the 90s in the UK. Um, both our parents, I believe, came as asylum seekers. Yes. Um, both our parents didn't speak English well. Uh, but both our parents are also involved in the community. Um, and I know that your father was quite influential. Uh, in the community he was part of a lot of the events that took place still is uh doing his uh, his thing um how was it growing up in the uk uh, you know with parents maybe that don't speak english yet um you had to study english your first language obviously was arabic but then i'm guessing right now it's probably english it is english yeah um good place to start i mean growing up in the uk uh, i've always felt um as with many of us with a similar background is we grew up with two identities. So you had your identity at home, speaking Arabic at home with your parents uh, or within your community. And then you had your identity at school. And one of my earliest memories uh, is probably, I think, year two or year one, uh, where my English wasn't great. And okay. my name was, uh, now it's Muhammad Hamid, but uh, originally it was Al-Khazaji, uh, which is my original uh, Arabic name. And I didn't know how to spell it. Uh, and I remember being bullied at that age. You can't spell your your name, uh, Al Khazaji, and I used to find it very difficult to spell it. And my parents didn't even quite spell it correctly. Um, so eventually, my father changed it to Hamid, and for him, it was uh, easier uh, to spell and easy to pronounce. So that's why I changed it to Hamid. But growing up in in in, in at that age, uh, you always had a sense of two identities: one at home, one at uh, school, or with your colleagues. Uh, and I think only recently I've I've been you know tried to merge those two together. That's a difficult thing. I think Subhanallah, you mentioned the two identities, and this was maybe twenty years ago. Um, and then I there's still I f- I feel lectures or conferences even that take place, or even there's talks about this identity crisis issue where certain people have a identity at home and then a different one at school or college or work and then it's difficult to merge that so the same problem that was there 20 years ago um um is still there you were you were influenced by your father of you know because that sense of giving back to mm. the community um and till now obviously that the main lectures in our mosques are in arabic uh, it was a problem then for those that you know couldn't speak arabic it's still a problem maybe so, where some youth feel disconnected uh, from the Arabic lectures, uh, not because maybe they don't speak Arabic, but because maybe the, the the topics that the speaker is maybe addressing doesn't really relate to them. Um, and then, so you took it upon you. You were one of the founders. Uh, what I believe there was a few of you, correct? There was a few of us, yeah. Of, um, Cricklewood Youth Club. Cricklewood. It started as a website. Yes, uh, well, actually, it started off as a, as a as a football group. Okay. Uh, so if we take back to the start, uh, you're quite right in saying we grew up uh, where the lectures were in Arabic. Uh, didn't 
really appeal to us. Uh, I remember growing up in Majalis uh, where everything was in Arabic. And when you were really young, uh, you didn't quite understand what was happening. Um, and then in the early teenage years, uh, a group of us got together under Emetaki um, and we uh, formed a football group. Um, and through that, we were meeting regularly, uh, doing training sessions. And it, it started from there originally. And then the website uh, was born as a, as a football website. Uh, for that football group uh, and uh, as the internet kind of grew uh, and the potential for it grew I distinctively remember sitting with Emirtaqi and this was outside Acton Town Station okay. uh, and I remember this in, in my head we were in a car in his car and he was saying to me Muhammad or Rava he was saying look you have to uh, use your skills to give back you need, you have to give back uh, I'm sure you've heard Emir give these kind of talks mm. uh, you've got a skill in, in doing websites you've done this website uh, use it, you know, why don't you make a website uh, for CYC uh, and uh, and it was, that night was probably where it started and uh, you know, taking Amir's advice I set up the website uh, back then it was a very simple website, it was using uh, GeoCities which was a service from Yahoo where you can just set up a basic website and it, it started from there, it started from uh, um, an interest both in having an uh, interest in technology uh, enjoying how computers talk uh, and then using the internet to uh, help bring people together. Um, that's where it sort of started. Yeah, this was before the world of Facebook and oh yeah, and Instagram yeah. and... Yeah, this was 2004, 2005, before all that. Um, and it was a world of forums. So the forums were the, were the biggest asset for CYC. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you do you remember any of the of the of the topics or discussions that used to take place? Because it got quite popular within our community. I it did, this. it did, yeah. I mean, before that, you had the website called Shia Chat, yeah, which I think is still around. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, I've, okay. I logged in the other day. Okay, it's still active. Okay. <laughs> um, but what made CYC unique was that it was more focused to the London community. Uh, so the types of discussions we had originally it was I remember a boys' club. So it was just the boys from from the football group. And I remember the, you know, the first female that we had and it was like everyone's a bit apprehensive. What's this? Why is there women on, on, on the forum? Mm. Uh, and then it grew and it became more of a... Uh, at that age when you're, you're a teenager, 16, 17, your mind is developing. So you have a lot of questions about your religion. Why do I follow this? You have questions about your identity. Uh, you know, I'm a Shia, I'm Muslim. Uh, so, you know, what, what, what are my beliefs? So there are a lot of discussions around that. Uh, and then I remember further down the years we invited special guests so we had Ted Amal Akshwani for example for a short period of time we had Sheikh Hilli who was a special guest on the website uh, so you mm. had a specific forum for them any questions uh, they'd answer the, uh, the questions there and then uh, one thing I'd also um, like to point out uh, in, in terms of the media sites today is you had this thing where people wanted to write essays because it was in a forum format mm. big in deep debates everyone would write massive essays but so as such people would make sure the grammar was right spelling was right and even those things you know because they didn't want to look uh stupid or didn't want to look uh <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that their point was being made in the right way 
uh, and I remember talking with a friend who like, you know, in today's world and social media, it's not really about long discussions anymore. It's about quick tweets or, yeah. or short snaps. Everything's uh, like that now. Everything's like that now, yeah. yeah even the Before video, it was like long, long discussions. The reels. Essays. Yeah. Oh, the reels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's become quick. People want information quick. People yeah. don't want to spend more than a minute looking, watching a video or listening to a lecture. That's why I think a lot of people have turned to, you know, making little clips maybe out of a certain talk and even it's become everything's fast food. Yes, yes. Everything's fast. Everything. But like you said before, people went into details. Yeah. Yeah. People, when they discuss things, they, and I remember there'd be pages and pages of people responding to each other uh, about a particular point, um, which brings me to, to the question. Do you think that even though with the, with the rise of technology and the internet and all these social media apps, Again, I don't want to generalize, but the youth today, are, have they become more, I don't want to use the word ignorant, but less informed about certain topics, for example, within religion than before. And hence why maybe the crisis of identity has become worse today. Mm. Do, you, do you know where I, I think I know where you're or, or is it, or, or Because before maybe Sahih we, we, we You know It's true that You know We had an identity at home Maybe And one, one outside But others, you know Every week we'd be at the mosque CYC They'd, We'd still There's some bases We'd still attend the lectures we'd, But you know we, we The forum Reading People were reading more mm -hmm. maybe You know How many people read today You know Pick up a book and actually read Or, or even on Kindle Or Today, people want information quick. I think you're right because um, when I think about back to those times, yes, we had long discussions, long forums. But I, I also remember on a personal level, it, there were websites such as elislam.org. You'd go to there, yeah. find the books. I there. still use that website. Oh my yeah. god, I, I love that website. Uh, and and I remember like any debate you'd have, you'd, you'd refer to that. Mm. Um, I still even remember this quite ignorant when I was young at college. We'd have debates. You'd, you'd bring your books out, mm. uh, but you're quite right in saying. Right, when I look at media now or social media and, and the way we use the internet, because it's such fast paced, like a bit of like fast food, maybe the way we ingest knowledge is, is different. Uh, I've noticed, as you mentioned, speakers are trying to use modern platforms to quickly give nuggets. So mm. the reels you mentioned, uh, mm. I've seen speakers use these reels and just point to certain parts. But the danger with that is you don't see the full context. Mm. Um, and so then you only see one certain part. And I think that that is genuinely an issue with media in itself. Um, sometimes people, if you just follow what you see and don't read into it, then you're not really seeing the bigger picture. Um, so I think you're right in saying that maybe there is that case. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. I don't, Identity crisis 2.0 yeah. maybe. <laughs> um, talking of media, you are, uh, and again, maybe your relationship with Emir. Um, I'm guessing the family relationship as well and that both families are quite close was that the reason that led you sort of to work uh, even though I feel it was two years I think or a year and a half at Ahl Bay TV yeah, it might have been less than a year oh was it less than a year I think it was uh, a mixture of both like, again Emir's very close friend and I remember him sitting me down saying look media is, is he gave you forward. that talk again he gave me that talk we're talking <laughs> media's the way forward things are changing uh, your father was, you know, had, he had his magazine. Now it's time for the age of TV, um, and it was 2009. I was about just about graduating from uni, um, and it was the recession as well, or the, the crash, mm. um, and so it was difficult to find a job in my area. So I said to him, 
yeah, I'm more than happy to join you at Hedebay TV. And um, it was an exciting time, um, early 2009 or late 2009. Everything we'd done was new. Um, the lives were new. Uh, the first time we had Karabala live, I remember the, the buzz and excitement. Uh, so everything w was brand new, guests, inviting guests. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of circumstances and a, a bit of, of um, wanting to give back as well. Um, I want to get into, you know, your, what you're doing right now. But before that, you know, at 16, 17, 18 you know, or onwards, while you're still studying, and alhamdulillah, you, you got a degree, you still had time for the community. And this word, which I've mentioned, and you've mentioned now a few times, giving back. Mm. Um, what do you think the, the, the reason, what's, what's, the, what's, what's your, um, what's behind you giving back? Because, uh, you know, the CYC or, 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 the, or the forum or the events that you did weekly, um, you weren't getting paid for it. No. So why do you think you made time, even though, you know, you're still studying, you've got exams, you've got a degree, what was the the reasons for you taking time out to do this and, and to give back to your community, do you think? Now um, looking back at it. Obviously. Yeah, when I look back, I think, uh, number one, I have to say my father, um, because I grew up in an environment seeing my father, who was the editor-in-chief of a prominent magazine and the... the time and investment he gave to that mm. um that was it sort of this what was around me and then and then growing up he sort of instilled in me that you you've got to give back you know this is your community and i mentioned earlier on we talked about the ident identities uh, mm. so as i grew up i could see formalizing in my head i've got the iraqi community or muslim shia iraqi community and i've got my other community mm. uh, and i was starting to see that there's an advantage here we have this community uh, we have this group of people. We can better ourselves by each and every one of us giving back a skill set that we had. Uh, and I think, um, along with the influence of my father, and also being at home where my father, I remember he bought me the first PC, which was a Windows Windows ninety eight. Uh, and I thought I had this tool. Let me let me use this. And it does take me back to some of the nights I used to spend a lot of nights till like three four a.m. at that age just working on the website. Uh, we had this um, feature that we introduced, which we called it Seasons. So you had, for example, a season on Navy Muhammad, uh, mm -hmm. and it would be all like a website's uh, dedicated pages dedicated to him. And back then, uh, the technology for websites, it was like Web, web 1.0, where you would do every single part, work on mm. the HTML. Uh, and it was a sense of, I've done this, people are gonna benefit from it, uh, and I've got this skill set. Uh, Everyone has to give back, and I had I had this mentality where I was under the impression that everyone gives back. You know, everyone has their skill, yeah. whatever you have, uh, whether it's reciting, lecturing, like yourself. You know, everyone gives back, um, and that's really what was instilled in me from a young age. Does giving do you, do you think you can you reach an age where you say I'm gonna I'm gonna stop giving back now? Someone else has to do it. I don't think that is the case. I think maybe maybe you might take a step back a little, yeah. um, but. The reason why I don't think it's the case is because in whatever capacity, whether you give back at work, with your own community. Yeah, I'm talking about more maybe your own community. Yeah. Um, I, I guess because maybe you see your father as well. He's, he's not stopped. He hasn't stopped yet. Yeah. Uh, and um, also I think there's a benefits to it as well. Um, there's mental benefits of giving back. You feel mm. good mm. Uh, by helping others. Uh, and 
there's a sense of duty as well um even more recently maybe i haven't given back as much as before there's still a, a sense of duty that you have to sort of empower each other uh, mm. and the sense of empowerment is is a, is a strong one um and whether it's a website whether it's uh encouraging others to be fit and it, there is a sense of power in doing that and uh you benefit yourself and you benefit others um in doing it i mean even after you left the tv uh it didn't mean you weren't giving back to your community because uh you had the imam hussein conference which uh, ran for a few years uh inshallah will continue um and you were very passionate about this you're one of the lead members uh, of imam hussein conference which was an annual conference in the name of imam hussein and you brought speakers from uh, from around the world to do this one day conference and again just like with the cyc and just like with the ahl bay tv when the imam hussein conference started there was a buzz uh, i think if, if if it does happen again there'll there'll still be that buzz where you you know you come listen to different speakers and one day um, about imam al hussein alayhi salam um, how did that start and what was your involvement in the conference uh, that's so that started i remember 2011 mm. uh, it was myself i remember mehdi hamza i think kareem husseini mm. uh, we we sat down and there was a, an idea that every muharram you have all these speakers coming in internationally mm. uh, in london manchester uh, and why don't we bring them together? Um, and all of us remember, for me, I remember the first ever lecture in English was Sayyid Mahdi Mudarasi 2003. Mm. Uh, and his lectures in that that year had a profound impact on me. Uh, it was the first time I see someone, A, wearing amama uh, and B, speaking with the same accent that we can understand, not with the, uh, before we had people speaking English, but there was mm. an Arabic accent to it. This mm. was like, pure English accents which we could relate to uh, so fast forward to 2011 it was about well we have all these speakers if we bring them under one roof uh, that could create a powerful impact and that was the first year and then the following years it was about let's pick a theme what do we not normally not talk about uh, and uh, let's get the speakers to talk about that theme uh, but I think what underpins all that was uh, bringing people together uh, mm. Yes, you've got keynote speakers, <coughs> but the fact that we were able to bring people together, and for me, what I remember poignantly was uh, one of the years we had uh, uh, Najah Bizi, and mm. she talked about hijab, but she brought her unique style in the way she approached it. Uh, and for the first time, I don't think I've seen it again since you had people clapping. They they clapped her and they gave like a send off, um, which I've mm. never seen before. But for me, that that. The reason why I remember it is because I could feel people were impacted by by her by her talk, mm. and and that is what sort of what the what the appeal was and what it was all about. Um, I think underneath, really, is there is there a comeback for the conference? Do you think? Is there a comeback? I don't know. Uh, it's difficult to say uh, because you're you're right. There was a buzz in the beginning, mm. but I do feel times because have changed. Si but since since the conference stopped, there hasn't been. Uh, and Imam Hussein conference. Maybe, maybe there's been other conferences. Yeah. There was recently um, the Mainstay conference, which Mainstay, is now taking uh, place every year. Great work by 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 the guys. But f with regards to Imam Hussein, and it was because it was Muharram. There's still speakers coming every Muharram. There still is, yes. So, uh, is there? Do you think there's a return? I hope so, but I, I, I probably the, the logistically that's probably why it hasn't been because there's a lot of um, 
stress as you can imagine uh, getting involved financial stress i think i think there needs to be a new strategy maybe um in terms of raising funds for something like this because it was it was all all uh, voluntary work yeah uh, and getting the funds was a bit of begging people a bit yeah. of can you give us this uh, a bit of a story of my life is that, yeah <laughs> i think you can relate to it yeah so after a while it was well we've done this for five years and i think the last year we did it was in soas university okay and, um 2016 it was mm-hmm. um and then it was we just felt we all, we always had the intention of wanting to bring it back um the intention is still there yeah, it's sure. still there uh but then as you can probably relate to there's one thing having the intention but then actually doing it is a whole different different thing uh, yeah because a lot of work you know I, people come they, they they see one day conference and they think you know the guys organized it for a day they don't know the months of preparation yeah uh the time out you take just to get this but i think the one of the biggest hurdles which you mentioned is the finance yeah. of yeah. things and i think this is the hurdle that a lot of um organizations within uh, especially the iraqi community face um do you think there's there's a solution because you know i i look at other other maybe communities and i think obviously finance is a problem everywhere mm. especially today but i think we the Arab community struggles more maybe than the other muslim communities uh, i'm sure there is a solution um but um it's a difficult one is there a, i'm sure there is a solution because uh, our community is quite embedded now in in this country and i think mashallah we've got a lot of well off well off people that are doing well uh, but it's about maybe instilling a system uh of uh, maybe financially giving back mm. um it's easy to say but i don't are know a community that want to give back how are you can finance when it comes to, to, to i mean uh, again not generalizing but a, a lot of people expect things to be done by this mosque or that organization or this institution mm. or this marjiya's office but they maybe find it difficult to put their hands in their pocket and mm. i th- i think generally we we're, we're quite a well off community um as in there's a lot of centers we have and yeah. uh but I, there's that sense of expectation from them that we expect them to do it why should i there is there is i think that's that's sometimes i fall into that trap where you know, there's well, why doesn't this center do this yeah. know, why why do i have to do it uh and, and that's not the right way of thinking i think i think you know you, you should try and I always tell myself this you know don't have that mentality if you fall into that trap try and you know say think beyond that uh and but that's what I meant it can get a bit stressful sometimes mm. um when you're constantly trying to seek funds um I think there are ways around it now like now you've got the inter- this this ways to gather money mm. donations through the internet um different to what it was before maybe better maybe better um raising funds I think recently I've been raising funds through the running I've been doing yeah. and uh I've noticed maybe in Ramadan people are more willing to give in the, in these months mm. um so yeah I think maybe yeah there, there's you're you're right I think there's definitely solutions but I think that again this is my view on that I think some some think they're still on vacation here in the Iraqi community they still think this is not home mm. in the back of their minds even maybe they they they've bought a house here but in the back of their mind they still think this is temporary yeah and i think a lot of the iraqis when they might when they were 
when they left Iraq, they, they, a lot of them were forced to leave Iraq. You know, I'm sure your family were forced to leave, otherwise your dad wouldn't want to leave. But the ones that were forced to leave, when they came to this country, some of them thought that this is temporary, or inshallah will, but they, they're not, they're, they're still in that temporary phase. Mm. They're still on this long vacation. They haven't realized, by the way, no, no, we're here to stay. So let's let's build a foundation for our for our kids for our grandkids, uh, and I think that's one issue uh, that I think the community faces. I think you touched on a very good point there uh, because you're right. Uh, I think, and that might be one of the reasons why we did face, like on a personal level, why we did mm. face this, this crisis of identity. Because I do remember. My parents always talking about well, Iraq. One day we'll go back. One day we'll you know, mm. be this, uh, and then even the way they, I feel they integrated into this country was like you said, it was a, a temporary thing. Um, but but only now, for the, for example, the work that you're doing with that Haraka uh, on Thursdays, for I I see that as, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're you're really doing that for for your kids and for the yeah. for the new generation 100%. because you're seeing now that we are here to stay. And these kids need a sense of identity, mm. which is important. Uh, and the third, the weekly programs that like we had, like I, I really do feel, uh, going back to your earlier question about giving back, is it's who your friends are. So, for example, mm. the original Haraka, and mm. on Fridays with Said Amma, I for me it had a profound effect on my identity. It shaped me who I am. Hundred uh, percent. Because going into that weekly, um, seeing. Shabab from different backgrounds, mm. uh, you know, not conforming to the divisions our parents had, mm. uh, and then, uh, you know, we, back then, if you remember, there was like a reputation about oh, Hajar or whatever. But you're going yeah. there for to learn something, yeah, uh, and and you're picking and y yes, there was the Quran tafsir that Sayyid Ammar gave, but also there was the social aspect. And yeah, that was that was, yeah. that was strong. And out out of that, you had the Umrah trips that they organised. Yeah, uh, and I helped volunteer with. We're them. following in the same direction. Yeah, so so <laughs> yeah. you see what I mean? These kids that you're now you're doing with ten years down the line, like myself now, they'll think back and think this is my identity. This is what formed and shaped my friends, and that's important. And like that, that makes you strong, really. Yeah, I think I think you touched on an important point about the 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 social aspect. I mean, I, I've said. When, when when we when we do our events that there needs to be three important um factors embedded in the in the events that we do and that educational so you got to educate them about their religion uh spirituality so you've got to give them that sense of sense of spiritual spiritual uh feeling when they come whether and and that for example can be obtained through the recitation of dua kumail uh and the third and i feel they're equally important the third is is, is the social aspect um, hence why uh, recently for example we make sure like we don't give takeaway food rather we get them to sit down and eat mm. in the hall so they can speak to each other so th th if you if you can build on those three the, the education the spirituality and I think the social aspect you can help people to have that sense of uh, identity Yasser behind the cameras is is, is one of the uh, volunteers and he I don't think he's ever missed a haraka maybe one or two have you missed any harakas yes sir just one you had to miss it forced yeah, to. yeah he was forced to, to so he's he's there yeah and I think maybe if, if the progeny uh, is is there in, in five years we'll speak to to, to Yasser and see how because you're right it's your, it's your friends your environment that impacts uh, exactly yeah um 
and, and goes back to what we the other question about the sense of giving back because you see everyone giving back um and you know people that gave lectures there and i remember it was the, i don't know who it was maybe it was said amma or hassan barak or, or amir or maybe must have failed it was yeah. like i'm dropping all these names but they were like each one of you have to give talks and they would make you talk give a little talk yeah. uh, before the main lecture uh, but you can see why they're doing that because they're trying to build your own leadership skills uh, mm. for everyone that was young at that age. Uh, Subhanallah, the same the same issues, and then 20, 30 years down the line, we've. But I, I again, we're, I think we're progressing. Uh, talking of um, progress, and you mentioned uh, the feeling good factor when you give back. You turned, I feel, to something else with the with the feeling good, and that was the running. Yes. <laughs> um, subhanallah. A few a few weeks ago, we had someone who done the marathon as well here, uh, and I think last year we had someone who also done the marathon, uh, Hassanain, and then we had Arif, um, and yourself, um, and I think it became a trend. I don't know when you started, but around um, COVID time, mm. a lot of people um, tried the running. I tried it as well for 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 a bit. Very difficult. Um, how did that come about um, with that? So yeah, the London Marathon was a culmination of many things. I think it really, for me, started 2015. 2015, okay. um, again, it was a discussion with one of your previous guests, Hassan Kubba, okay. who was telling me about sugar. So he was giving me lectures about how bad sugar is, mm. it's not good for you. And so, again, following his advice, I took, a, I took some research, did some research about sugar levels, and so I changed my sugar intake. And then I thought, you know, well, if I'm changing my food, I should change my approach to fitness. So I started going to the gym, uh, lost a bit of weight. Um, but rightly, as you said, in 2020, when the COVID hit, um, there wasn't many sports we can do. And uh, so in, in similar fashion to bringing people together, I sort of put together, uh, and it wasn't intentional, it was just circumstances. No one's doing any sports. We had football that was stopped, uh, but running was one of the only things we could do. Mm. So created a whatsapp group and uh, added a lot of shabab in it and said look if you want let's make it a bit more fun let's make it a challenge uh, who can run most distance we'll create like a leadership board uh, so you're right in saying that became a trend running mm. became a trend uh, and um, it's kind of really took off from there uh, running the first year 2020 was running and cycling those, mm. those were the two big things uh, we formed a group together of, of cyclists and then it was more focused on the running uh, and I still continue the running. Uh, I think the because you lost quite a lot of weight. I did, yes. Uh, before COVID hit, I went through through. Um, so this is where the journey. I went through like a body transformation uh, uh, through a personal coach. Again, it was changing the relationship with food, uh, Asian communities. We have this. I think we don't really have a healthy relationship with our food in terms of um, understanding what we're eating. So I remember when I was young, you know, my father would bring a lot of bread. Uh, and then more recently, it's uh, like when I started that transformation, it was eating a lot of rice, but I thought rice was bad. But then I realized actually no, rice is, is good for you, but it's it's the portions of rice mm, you yeah. take. So that was part of the journey, the losing the weight and then the running. Uh, and for me now, the running is... is, is uh, How many people were involved in this group that you created? Group, Cause there was I quite think it was maybe 20, 30 uh, they're all running and then everyone's checking how much everyone's, everyone's running checking and where they're running. Yeah. And you had, you had people who, who've never ran running. Uh, and uh, I think it was nice being, being again, bringing people together uh, virtually, but through through the form of running. Uh, and, and this year, I think you participated in your first 
full marathon. You've First done, full marathon. You've done a half marathon. Yeah, I had done quite a few half marathons. Okay. Uh, and then naturally, the progression was, let's do a full marathon. And, and that came about through these groups. Um, I think Stanmore Jaffries have a running group. Mm. So one of the brothers there. you done it obviously also for a charity. I did it for the charity, yes. Uh, and the running, running before that was for a charity as well. Uh, and that was really inspired by uh, uh, one of the brothers called Harun Muta, and he done a lot, of, lots of work. And I've seen his story in, in Ramadan. Mm. He's gone out and done running, uh, raising funds for charity. So I think for two years in a row, uh, I used Ramadan as as a as a, a way of trying breaking the mold a bit, because uh, obviously fasting is very important, spirituality is very important, um, but adding fitness element to it as a challenge, I thought was was a unique thing, and combining it with fundraising so you're raising money for for good charitable need uh, a you get some thawab and b you're, you're encouraging people to run and breaking that mental barrier of well if we're fasting we can't do anything athletic you can uh, and um it's all about, about putting your mind to it um, but one thing i want to touch upon is that when you when you run there is a spiritual aspect to it as well okay uh, and how so if it's a long run mm. um your mind at the beginning, you might be thinking about a lot of things, uh, but then you, you start just thinking about uh, your life, what's happening in your life. You'll think about... Start more uh, focusing on yeah, important you, things. Yeah, you start more important things. And it's a form of meditation. So when you're out there by yourself, especially if you're by yourself, usually it's better to run with an individual. But if you're by yourself, it becomes a form of meditation. Uh, you spend, If it's outside, I remember my runs in, on the canal... And, I, and and it suddenly occurred to me that this is a form of meditation. Um, and um, I know we have our salah, obviously five times a day. Of course. Um, but sometimes it can be difficult to focus on that salah. Uh, and then it, tends, it tends to be just a Allah Akbar and that's it. And then I've done my thing, I tick the box. Mm. And that's the, 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 the struggle I feel a lot of times. Yeah, 100% it's just tick the box. agree. Uh, so I thought, you know what, running, I'm actually thinking about things and, and maybe this is what salah should be but I'm not doing it in Salah. So that's mm. why that's why I, think I started seeing it from that perspective as well. Uh, so I tried to incorporate some of that in Salah. Um, but yeah, that's why I say running is a, it's a good form of meditation as well. And the marathon, you know, how did you find that? The marathon, the marathon. <laughs> marathon so um, it was a, it was challenging. I have, I've, I've asked to a lot of guests, how many kilometers remind me again? It's 42 kilometers. 42 kilometers. And 26 miles. And after five kilometers, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> five, doing five. That was like me. I couldn't do one kilometer before. Uh, yeah. But that's what I said. It was, it was a journey from 2015. And then to, I think 2022 was the culmination of that. You know, I've now hit the marathon, uh, which I thought would be impossible. Um, but I was very much surprised at the, um, the support you get. Mm, London Marathon is one of the, I think, one of the big six marathons in the world. Uh, but literally from the start to the very end, you've got the crowds there. I think one of your previous guests was saying, cheering you on, calling mm. out your name. So I put my name there. Uh, people just shout, Muhammad, Mo, go Mo. Uh, and that kind of encourages you to go through it. Uh, but then the last 10Ks where you hit a, uh, a, what they call the wall, uh, and that's where you really challenge yourself, you know, what you're made of. Um, stopping, starting, uh, and that's what I mean. There's, there's a sense of um, mm. meditation involved in that. I think yeah, you're 100 percent right. That it gives you discipline as well. Yes. Uh, when and and that could be used. You said something very important there. It's, it's maybe I'm doing something wrong in my salah because uh, it's supposed to be a form of meditation, whereas uh, 
some of us do our salah as a tick tick the box. I always use the example of in Shahar Ramadan when I say um, we pray before we eat sometimes, not because we want to have that relationship with Allah. As in, we pray Maghrib and Isha before we have our iftar, not because we want to have that sense of relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because salah is a salah, relationship with Allah but we want to tick the box so we can eat yeah. we want to get yeah. out of the way yeah. and I've heard I've even heard people say let's pray to get out of the way so we can eat yeah I mean I've, I've heard people before. use yeah. these terms get it out of the way yeah so 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 yeah running can be a form of maybe helping your discipline yeah and just to say in in, in similar fashion when you set yourself targets and goals of you know, I want to do this running event. In, there are also targets you should, you should set yourself in life as well, mm. and, and that's that's Hello. and that's where where it benefits. Because when you have a goal, there's something you're 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 working towards, uh, and and that it's that process of working towards it that makes you a better person. So if it's a running, as an example, you have the London Marathon. Let's take that as an example. You're 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 training towards that. You know, you want you you want to get towards that. If it's something spiritual, you let's say you want to be a better Muslim, you want to better yourself. Give yourself a goal. Uh, uh, you know, I, I want to give a talk about something. Uh, you're trained towards that, so you research towards that, and and then you give then you give give a talk. It's all about putting yourself outside the comfort zone. And that's one thing I didn't mention earlier. But for me, it was as I grew as a as a person, it was what's the next thing I can do. That'll be put myself outside the comfort zone, um, and running at the moment is, it seems to be there. Let's make that into a reel, that that clip. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a nice reel. Yeah, I think I, because, <laughs> since we mentioned reels, that yeah. that's a reel. When you and and we'll title it, uh, make um, set goals for yourself in life. Um, you started off with um, with technology uh, when we first spoke about yes. CYC. And now, uh, 15 years nearly down the line, uh, you're a lead infrastructure engineer with a focus on cybersecurity. You're, you're a civil servant now as well. Uh, you know, you do that for the, for the government and that's technology. But you've also now done workshops encouraging people to get into the tech world. Uh, we've had a few people on the podcast um, who are part of, uh, this tech world and the importance of maybe getting a lot of people more involved in in, in this. Obviously, if it's their if it's their passion, um, and I always say it's important to get into a career that you enjoy. Hundred mm, percent. There's there was inshallah there isn't there was this. Um, I don't call it, I don't want to call it a problem, but there was this um, concept what that. Iraqi parents and I think other communities as well but I'm talk I'll talk about my own were encouraging their kids to either be dentists doctors or pharmacists uh, isn't that still the case or that, I, I, yeah. probably yeah. is yeah. I, th I think probably is 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 the case um, not so much like before maybe it's, it's, it's maybe less now uh, and and uh, obviously there's nothing wrong with that if you, if you of course, be, yeah. but the, the, the issue is if, if someone gets into a career that they hate and mm. if you hate the job that you're doing, imagine you have to do it now every day of your life. Who wants to do some, something they don't, they, you know, they don't enjoy every day? So, um, you, you you've mentioned uh, previously that you don't have to go down the university route. Uh, 
and maybe some people might say, "Oh, that's quite risky." You know, everyone has to get a degree. Yeah. Uh, do they or not? Uh, no. So you're quite right in saying, um, yeah, technology's always been a big passion of mine, and we talked about it earlier with the website. Mm. Uh, but it's only recently I've realised that it's it's been a th- common theme in my life throughout. Uh, mm. So more recently, yes. Um, as you said, the, my career, uh, I'm quite lucky to say that I do enjoy it uh, and every day, even when I'm feeling my morale's a bit low, uh, the work involved, um, I enjoy. Uh, and um, I do feel our community doesn't, is quite apprehensive, uh, maybe a bit scared of technology uh, when things like privacy issues with WhatsApp appear. Mm. Um, I remember everyone jumped to signal and yeah, and not knowing quite why they should do it, but you had the media frenzy and and uh, telling us stories about WhatsApp. And so I wrote an article um, back then. I said, look, this is the actual case. This is how WhatsApp works. Um, and because yeah, that's your thing, your yeah, cyber security. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So I was, I was like, this is how it works, and and there really isn't anything to be, be afraid of. Um, but that theme is is uh, like you said. I do. I do want us to get, to get more people in in, technology, in the tech world. We are very underrepresented as Muslims generally. Uh, so if we talk about Iraqi Muslims, then then yeah, hardly any. But uh, um, I want us more more youth to to go down that path. As you said, a lot of us, um, even me growing up, it was about I've done my GCSEs, A levels, then it's then it's uni, and that's what equals success. That's not right, and that isn't the case. And I've now only realized um, in the last 10, 15 years when I've hired people, when I, in that process of hiring people, I don't look at what they've, what certifications they have or, 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 or degree or anything. I, I look at their experience. What, what have they done? What technologies have they worked with? Uh, and that is what I take mm, to see whether cool. or not they, they meet the job. Uh, so young people now, uh, I think the government, I think I was, I was doing a workshop the other day, the other day uh, at Harrow College, uh, and they've introduced in the last three or four years a thing called T levels, uh, which is all around about, about technology. So the mm-hmm. government have understood what this, the the sector is saying mm. and developed this course where young people can do it and not necessarily have to go down the uni path and get an apprenticeship. Uh, and one of your past guests, Mohammed Taha, will motivate. Uh, he's all about this. And he mm-hmm. works at the airport, and you can see through social media, he's encouraging people to go down this apprenticeship route. And now I would say, I would say the same thing. You don't need to go down to uni. And to parents, you know, don't be don't force your kids to go down to uni as well. Um, if they're interested in tech, or from a young age, get them interested in tech, coding. There are lots of coding uh, mm. schools for young kids, mm. uh, and that's where we need to be. The world is changing uh, in that direction. Cybersecurity is a big big thing. Um, but you might have seen recently you've had, you've got artificial intelligence uh, is is a growing thing. You've mm. had uh, artists uh, using I think the app Lenza creating these uh, AI uh, images. You've got uh, Chat GPT, which is a recent one from OpenAI, where you can. Uh, the other day I, I even said to it, um, what did I say to it? I said to it, uh, give me a lecture, write me a lecture about uh, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the style of said Amar Shawani. And it, it gave me a talk. Wow. Uh, a, a short talk. Uh, that's where we are with AI. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, even that now, uh, you've had people talk about, well, are they going to take over my job in, in, in the tech area? <laughs> but we need to be in that space, yeah. uh, involved in that space, confident enough to talk about it. Uh, and when we are as a community, then, then that, that makes us stronger.
Muhammad Rada Hamid or Khazraji. Um, thank you for your time today. Um, thank you. Thank uh, a prominent member of, of, of our community who uh, who gave back to the community and still giving back, um, I think, um, to the community. So um, thank you for making time for the progeny. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It was an honor.